0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we hear from Raheen Momin, where he discusses his journey of being born in Pakistan and what it was like being brought up in the United States. We also hear from Raheen about a life-changing pivot he took later in life and unlocking the different risk techniques life has to offer. Hope you do not enjoy. Yo yo yo. What up
1: boy? It's been a minute. I feel like I've been, like, you and I have been in Dallas together, like, for a long time. But, like, I haven't got to see you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've been here since I got back from San Diego. But this is the first time we're, like, Lincoln since then, right? Or, Um, well, no, we did get brunch that one day before you left.
0: Dude, the brunch lady was macking on you.
1: Dude, no. There was two. There was There's two. two. <laughs> there was that there was like our normal one. She was like she was being she was like chill. She was like nice. And then there was that other one who would always come and she was like trying to get some of our mimosa. Yeah. Do you remember that? She was like being weird. She, I don't know what was up with her that she day. She
0: wanted some orange juice. I don't even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, she wanted some wasik. Oh man. Hey, my Instagram is she wants the Sadiq. <laughs> <laughs> how long How long has that been your Instagram, like, since you made it? Or have you changed it since, like,
1: you first made your Instagram?
0: So, let's see. It was, like, sophomore year of high school. Yeah. So, it was, like, during a period of time where everyone was being very clever with their Instagram names. And I was like, what goes with my name? Wasik, Wasik, Siddiqui, Siddiqui. And I was like, yo, Siddiqui. And then, back then, like, the meme about she wants the was going around and i was like ha 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 it'd be funny if i just put she wants the sadiq in there and so 15 year old me um 10 years later still still has the same username on instagram
1: dude so i tried to i tried to change mine to raheem the dream like as in like like hakim olajuwon like hakim the dream oh um but i didn't know this but raheem raheem malik yeah he already had um Raheem the dream and so when i changed it people were like oh you're trying to copy him but i had no idea that he already had that like username for his instagram and so like i remember i was getting like so much shit for it like people were like um dude you're just like trying to be like like Raheem," and this was also during the time when i we just got into centuries together and so people already got us confused and so it was just like it was just you know what i mean like it was just not a good look. Like people were like, oh, you're just trying to be like him. And I was like, shut up.
0: <laughs> Dang, but, that's awesome. But now
1: I just got my basic uh, Raheen S. moment. A- I feel like most people don't have anything like creative like it used to be. I kind of
0: miss that. Yeah. Creativity is at a, at a block right now. We're, we're in a time where everyone's just kind of copy everyone, I feel like. Today's podcast, we have Raheen Moment. Raheen the Dream.
1: Raheem, the dream man dude it's good to be here it's good to be here finally get to be in your home your lovely home man
0: yeah what's the saying that you that you say heard how do you say it oh heard (laughs) heard word yeah how did you hear about that or like what got you started saying that oh my god dude it
1: was um it was it was my friend your friend too actually kareem
0: Kareem so, so many reams and heems oh yeah
1: no it's, it's gonna get confusing in this podcast we got I've already mentioned me Raheem we have Raheem, Kareem um, but yeah no Kareem one of our good friends who goes to NYU Dental He uh, he's like one of my best friends we met sophomore year in college and this guy is like a character man he is so funny he's like he puts me on like the weirdest linguistic trends. Like heard. Like it doesn't. It's just like slang for like yeah. Or like I don't know. When you like agree with someone or whatever. But he started saying that what. Like senior year of college. And now like I say it all the time. Like it's ridiculous. And like now he. uh Now he says this thing called type. After everything he says. Like he'll type. be like. Yeah he'll be like he'll be all like, yeah, like I had to drive my dad's car, you know, type. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, it used to be, type used to kind of mean like, like to describe certain vibe or certain wave, like, oh, he's like, he's like, you know, like athlete type, whatever. But now like he's kind of like overusing it and saying Mm -hmm. it with everything and 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 it's honestly catching on because he says it so much that like we just start using it when we're around him. Like when I was in Houston with him last week, he was um he was throwing throwing it around like nothing. And the next thing you next thing I know, like I'm saying it too, and I'm like, dude, I was like trying to discourage this like type of type of behavior, but it just it just catches on. He's just that type of guy, you know. He he starts talking about stuff and um. He can he can definitely make a trend out of it.
0: Yeah. It's like the song some type of way by Rich Homie Quan. That was a banger oh God, back in the bro. day. Back in the day. Making yeah. me feel old. <laughs> yeah. And on that topic, like back in the day, let's kind of rewind <coughs> all the way to the beginning of Raheem. Like where were your early beginnings? Like where did it all start off at? Dang. Um so
1: like how far back we trying to go like like zero like years, zero days, days old oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I guess
0: when you got the human flesh on yeah
1: um so it all started actually uh in in pakistan i was actually born in karachi and what? um yeah really I yeah. Did not know that. did you
0: not know that no i didn't i've never shared that with you dude you straight out of karachi
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um my parents decided to move here to the States um when I was like a month old. So I-, I can't really say I like grew up there. Like I was just born there, like I don't remember any of my time there or anything. Um But I don't know. Uh maybe I should start telling people yeah, you know, straight from the streets of Karachi, even <laughs> though I was only there for a month. But um but yeah, no, my parents um ended up getting they like applied for a visa and they ended up getting it and they thought it was, it'd be a good opportunity for them to move here and kind of start a life here. And also, you know, in turn help me out as well because they had a kid and they thought that being in the States would provide me with a good education and a better life. And so, yeah, we, uh, we ended up or they ended up move. We ended up moving to, uh, where were we at first? So we first moved to an apartment in Dallas. Um, small little apartment. Um, and we decided to move to Texas because uh, my dad had already had a lot of family here, but they lived in Houston. Why didn't... Each town. Yeah, I don't know why my parents didn't just move to Houston instead where we had so many family members. But I don't know. That's probably another conversation I have to have with them. Um but no, uh we they moved to we moved to this little apartment in Dallas. It was um me, my mom and um uh, my dad and then at the time our grandparents moved in with us as well. Um they were living with my uncle who uh he was living in Dallas as well in another apartment um very close to where we were living. And so when my dad moved here, he was Doing a lot of stuff with my uncle. Um, they had like a cleaner's business, um, and so he was helping out with that. You know, trying to pay the bills with that. My mom was um, doing some training. She had her nursing degree, which she got from um, from a university in Pakistan, um, and then yeah, so she had to do some training stuff because they just they wouldn't let her practice until she finished that and then i think like after a couple of years she was finally able to get a job at medical city dallas and funny enough she actually still works there at this hospital to this day so oh, it's been that's wild yeah it's been like she's been working there for like 20 years now maybe maybe a little over 20 years so yeah we uh we lived in dallas for a little bit in this apartment and then it was it was honestly just a lot of hopping around apartment to apartment like my parents were trying to get their, get their feet under them, you know, like really establish themselves. Um, like I said, early stages, like my mom was um, trying to finish that training so she could get a good nursing job. And my dad was just helping out my uncle where he could in his business. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of hopping around apartments. And it was funny. I feel like every time we hop to another apartment, we just like end up more north. So, like, we were in Dallas, and then we hopped to an apartment in Richardson. Then we Richardson. hopped to an apartment in Plano.
0: Yo, Richardson got good shawarma. Really? Where at? Yeah. I don't it's even know. I just, like, drive around, see some shawarma, and then yeah. I go to that spot.
1: Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, I don't really remember my, like, Dallas and Richardson days that much, because I was just, like, so young. Um.
0: But, yeah, and so... So you went to Plano... And then you somehow ended up in Frisco after that? Is this kind of the final spot?
1: Yeah, and so, like, after all that, like, apartment hopping, what was it? When I was in fourth, fifth grade? Yeah, fourth or fifth grade is when, you know, my parents finally, like, I felt like they were, like, pretty settled into the U.S., like, had their jobs established. Like, my dad had a couple businesses going. My mom was, like, doing her nursing thing. And um, that's when they finally bought a house and we bought our house out here in Frisco. So when I moved to Frisco was the first time I, uh, I lived in a house because before that we were just renting like apartment to apartment. And so that was honestly like a crazy like switch switch for me. Um, Yeah. How did that affect you?
0: Like not being in one home, you just kept bouncing around to different homes
1: yeah no it was I don't know being young I don't think it like affected me that much I feel like if I was bouncing around a lot when I was in high school it would have been hard because I wouldn't have really been able to like make friends Um, but like I mean it was it was a little bit difficult like you know I would hop around elementary school to elementary school like I'd make friends at one and then have to leave them but I was so young where it's like I didn't really think those friendships would, you know, matriculate to anything. Um, But yeah. And so, yeah, I I, I wouldn't say it like affected me that much, but I think like in terms of like a lifestyle change, like it was, it was crazy. Cause whenever I'd go to like my friends, like hang out with my friends when I was like younger, like I'd go to their house and like, I'd be like, dang dude, this place is huge. (laughs) And I was like staying in like a two bed one bath maybe two bed two bath like apartment like most of my life when i was young and so i don't know it was just it was just weird when i like when we finally moved to a house i was like oh shoot so this is like how like all my other friends usually live um Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah no dude i'm like i'm thankful for those for those days because it really made me like realize how hard my parents work like what they kind of had to go through like those like hopping around from apartment to apartment days like those were tough times for us like especially my dad like trying to figure out you know what he was going to do here like he didn't really have any like formal education like he had like an associate's degree for like accounting but like you move to the states like that's not enough to get an accounting job like you got to get your cpa and all that and so he was just trying to find you know other ways to make it and so my mom was kind of like the breadwinner and my mom dude she she works so many night shifts like it was crazy um yeah like this she's done so much for us and has sacrificed so much like working night shifts is like no joke um she works only like day shifts now but like she would work those night shifts because you get paid more um And so, yeah, like just that sacrifice that she did just, you know, for our family. Um, So me and my brother can be at the point that we are right now.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Awesome of your mom and the immigrant way, like the hustle and bustle of immigrants. That's awesome to see. And so it's crazy. Like you were born in Pakistan, then moved to Dallas and kind of moved house to house, apartment to apartment. And then you finally, your family finally kind of settled in Frisco. So like during high school, kind of going through all of that, how did you kind of find your way around? Like how did you find that way of like fitting in with the rest of the people?
1: So I think it, I think it stems back a little, a little farther back than high school because I was in fifth grade when my parents bought our house or yeah, the house that we're in now. And so that's when we first settled down and that's when I like kind of met my friends like that were like my childhood friends that I'd say because like I went did fifth grade with them and then we went through middle school together and we went through high school together and I'm actually like still really good friends with like a lot of those guys like I ended up playing soccer with them like in high school um, and so I think having them around like was like a huge help and it was like it was different because like I said before like hopping around apartment to apartment like I felt like I was switching friends, like I was trading in friends, you know, every time because I'd end up going to a new school. But like this was the first time where like I was going into like one middle school and then that middle school fed into like this other high school where like all those people from that middle school go to. And so I think it provided me with like a lot more consistency when it came to my social life. Mm. Um And... Yeah. And that was, and I'm so glad I got that. Cause I know, I know some people who like, they were hopping around, like even in high school, like their parents would switch jobs or like they were in the, like their dad was in the military or something. And so they'd always be moving and they never had that, that friend group, you know,
0: like that we all had like grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that you're a big soccer fan. What, what club is it? Man U?
1: Man U, man. Man <laughs> U till I die. Oh. Honestly, I was a, I didn't really choose them. It was more chosen for me, but I wouldn't want it wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way. Like my dad was a Man U fan and so I kind of just was basically indoctrinated into that, but it's been it's been good. We've we've had our ups and downs in like the past like 10 years, but yeah.
0: You think they're going to win the the league this year? No, no.
1: I don't think we'll win the league. I think we're I think we're at we're still rebuilding, but we're at a really good point in rebuilding we got a good manager now i think we've been having a lot of manager turnover in the past like 10 years but i think eric tenhag's our guy um think this summer we're going to make some signings that are really going to improve the squad and so i don't think we'll win the league we have we're still in competition to maybe potentially win the fa cup and the europa league but i think the league's out of out of question right now i think it's more going to be getting top four and being able to play champions league next year
0: yeah soon soon yeah and so you mentioned that you made a lot of your friends through soccer like how was that experience like when did you first become like interested in soccer <coughs> and like how how was that experience playing in high school dude yeah um
1: like I said, like, it was my dad. My dad grew up, like, watching soccer in Pakistan whenever, you know, once a month when they'd show, like, a United game, um, and so, when I, like, when they moved here, obviously, like, as a kid, you get put into different, um, different sports, and like most kids, you get put into soccer, and a lot of people get put into soccer, like, like peewee soccer, and then they never come back, but I kind of just stuck with it because like my dad was a huge soccer guy and so I think he would always put me in that and I just came to came to enjoy that and so um I would play like club soccer rec league soccer and then when it came to high school um it was like awesome because a lot of my friends that I had made in middle school were because of people like or because we were all on the soccer team together in middle school and then we ended up playing high school soccer together, um, but it was a good experience, man. It was, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, that's where I m- met some of my like closest friends, and a lot of those guys from high school that I'm still in contact with were played were on the soccer team with me, um, and so it was a really good experience. I think especially like with our soccer team, we had such a diverse soccer team too. So like, I got to like meet meet guys from all different backgrounds um which was incredible and i think
0: that's the that's the cool thing
1: that soccer provides
0: yeah you ever think you could make the national team for pakistan yeah <laughs> for pakistan <laughs> for pakistan
1: yeah man go go see some of their youtube videos um on their national team they're not that good they're not that good um but the us team now no the i think here in the us soccer is growing and um um there's more people are investing more into like these academies and developing talent like you know because usually like the U.S. is really big on football and baseball and basketball and so we get a lot of like good talent from those sports that we haven't really seen um, when it comes to soccer here in the U.S. but I think there's more investment going into soccer here in the U.S. and you can kind of see that with the US gradually you can see them becoming more competitive at the international level um like this past world cup like i mean it was a it was a tough defeat to the netherlands during the round of 16 but i mean you compare our team this past world cup to um 8 years ago cuz 4 years ago they didn't even make it if you compare it to 8 years ago like we've come such a far away and in 4 years when the world cup's going to be in the US i think I think the U.S. can make a really good run, like yeah. probably one of their best runs, um, yeah, in dude. World Cup history. Definitely.
0: So you think in like a hundred years, the U.S. will have World Cup champion across their name?
1: Yeah, dude. I think they'll have a star on the badge. I think you'll. I think you'll definitely, definitely. If you're saying the next hundred years, yeah, they'll have a star for sure. They're gonna catch up eventually. Um, if you ask me, like within the next like 20 years, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like maybe a final appearance in the next 20 years. But I don't think we'll win a trophy, like win a World Cup trophy in the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And to the Pakistan Prime Minister or Pakistan Soccer Federation, if you're looking for a new star, you know who to hit up Raheen Moman.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, my Instagram is Raheen S. Moman. Um, just look me up um hit my dms i'm always i'm always answering people in my dms so just let me know if y'all need a player i'm more than happy to help
0: (laughs) yeah and so talking about like future plans um when so when you were in high school you were making the decision on like picking a place to um, go to college so how did you decide like where to go for your future education
1: um so, when I was, like, looking at colleges, I actually really wanted to get out of state. I wanted to go to California really bad. I, I applied to UCLA, USC. Um, I also applied to University of Miami.
0: Oh, U-Miami? Um,
1: yeah, the U. <laughs> the U? Um, I really wanted to be, like, at a coastal school. Um and you ended up on and I the, ended up at Am the,
0: um, some barn farm school, Yeehaw. yeah And so
1: yeah, like I, uh, I ended up getting into UCLA and University of Miami, didn't get into USC, but uh, it was just it was just really expensive. and my parents were like more than like they, they have a college fund for me and my brother, and they were more than willing to you know pay for it if that's what I wanted to do. But my whole thing was like, you know, like I'll just stay in state, like save the money and then whatever I have left over in my college fund, you know, I can like put it towards something else. Like and at the time I was also pre-med. And so I was like, you know what, whatever money I save, I can put towards med school. (laughs) Um, Hindsight, it's like it's kind of didn't make or wasn't worth it because I didn't end up going to med school. Mm -hmm. um but yeah and so i i obviously applied to some in in in-state schools too um i applied to ut and um um did i apply to anywhere else i think u of h is well yeah u of h that was the other u of h they're
0: gonna win the chip this year
1: dude i hope so i mean since a&m's out now that's i want u of h to win it yeah um but yeah, and so I, I got into all three of those schools and AM just offered me basically like a full ride. Like I didn't have to pay tuition and then I had some money coming back too that I could apply to like books or like room and board or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, honestly, let me let me just do this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, money's always Yeah, nice I thing.
1: think I think especially when you come from like my family background, like, dude, brown people, we're always looking to save that dollar. Yes. At least, at least my parents are. Um, and so I was like, honestly, yeah, like it's fine. Like, I had some other friends from like high school that are going to ANM too. So I was like, you know what, it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it like ended up working out. Like, I have no regrets. Like, I met some of my best friends there. I am at Wasik there, you know. Yo, yo, we gotta
0: pause. We getting too deep into the college story. We <laughs> haven't even talked about um, the beginnings of. Oh shit my, my bad, my <laughs> bad. I, uh,
1: I get a little I get a little sentimental when it comes to a And M. No. But but yeah, no. for those
0: listening that if you're in college, honestly, just stay there. <laughs> that play that experiences like something else. In this corporate world, we're we're we'll talk about this later in the podcast. The corporate world lifestyle. But A and M, like you got there as a freshman, pre med, like focus. Yeah. Like what was that experience like? You you started off as pre med and then later on you found some other interests. Like how did that kind of shape up like your academic interests over time?
1: Yeah, um, so I think so let me let me tell you where like the whole pre med interest kind of stemmed from. Um, like I said before, my mom's a nurse. She works in healthcare. Um, all of my other cousins who, like, live here in the states, um, most of them went to med school, and they're older than me. And so I think, just you know, seeing the path that they took, and also like I have like aunts and uncles who like went to med school as well, and so like I think just being surrounded by that, I always just thought that that was what I needed to do like that was the path that like was kind of laid out for me um and so going in I was like yeah I'm gonna go pre-med like get my pre-med recs done and then apply to med school like my my senior year and go to med school right after college and that was kind of that's kind of what the plan was up until like end of junior year kind of when COVID hit oh yeah
0: that's like late in the process
1: yeah no it was really late like I was studying for like I was kind of starting to study for like the MCAT too at this point um and so yeah like I was basically like full-fledged like process like in the pre-med process like getting ready to like take my MCAT and then start applying that following semester and then yeah COVID hit That second semester Of my junior year And then I don't know That's just kind of When I started reevaluating everything. everything um, I don't know I think COVID Opened people's eyes up Like Just being in lockdown I Had a lot of time To think to myself Obviously And I got to talk to some Like other friends Who were like Doing some different Career paths And I was like You know what Like why what's the kind of reason that I'm doing like this pre-med track and I thought about it and I was like I'm doing this because this is kind of what I've always been exposed to and this is like all that I really know like I didn't know anything like I'm in consulting now but like I didn't know anything about consulting or like anything else that other people are doing like HR what is it whatever it is but through talking to friends and stuff that's when I was like you know what like let me not make like this decision. Like, let me try to explore some different career paths before I'm just like dead set on pre like going to med school. Cause I didn't really, I wouldn't say I really had like any passion or anything for like medicine. Like I said, I was just kind of doing it cause I had like fam, I had so many family members who did it. And so it was just like, I just felt like it was natural to me to go that route.
0: hmm. And so it looks like the turning point for you was COVID, and like during that time you were full-fledged in person in college having like the time of your life and then everything like shuts down and you're sent back home Mm -hmm. to to do school like what was that experience like for you to go full in person seeing your friends all the time to just being sent back home and not even seeing people around or like not even going in person and having your organization cancel all their events? Dude, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. It was, it was something that I wasn't used to. And I think
1: a lot of us weren't used to like having to change our lifestyle just like that, like, like the flip of the switch. And like, all of a sudden, we can't do the things that we normally do. And I don't know, me personally, I felt like I kind of, kind of went through like this depressive state almost like I was just like what am I doing like I it, it couldn't do anything I was just always home like I'd wake up do my classes online and I felt like I wasn't even engaged in my classes like just because it was all, all online like I didn't know how to like really navigate this virtual classroom thing and I don't think a lot of our professors did either or anybody any other students really did either and so yeah just like having to like adapt to that was really difficult and a lot of the times i found myself just like in my own headspace, just like thinking about things and like my future because i had so much more time to myself you know and so i'd get like very introspective on like aspects about my career and like what i was doing like i don't know and so yeah it was just it was just a really really tough time mentally for me, and I think
0: for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, do you feel like you're over the covid hump now, or has has there been like long lasting effects on you today because of that I don't know i
1: uh i I don't think there's i think I, for the most part like things are back to normal now, and so I'm not in that same state but I'll like every every now and then I'll like think back to that time and like not really reminisce but like remember that time and like then I'll like kind of get into like these thoughts where I was like dang like that's the way I was kind of thinking during this time like I was like evaluating everything like in my life very critically and so I wouldn't really say like there's long-lasting effects of it but like more so I uh I like think back on it every now and then and just like remember like that mental state that I was in, you know, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that was like a, yeah, that was deep about COVID. I know that you were really involved in school and you picked up, you were in a bunch of different organizations. Like what were those experiences? Like how did you know which organization to go to? Or let's say you're like a freshman going to college and you're looking to meet new people, find an organization that you're interested in. Like, how did you go through that process and like what did you pick for yourself to do?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> so with AM, it's it's really unique because like you can go, at least in my opinion, what I saw while I was at AM, there's two routes you can go. You can go the typical fraternity route that like a lot of people would choose to go at. A lot of like colleges, but at a m you can also go what we call the bubble route um, the bubble route the bubble route, yeah and the bubble route is basically so when you <clears throat> when you come in freshman year and you're not trying to do like a frat or anything there's um there's other options for freshmen to get involved and become social and meet friends um, one of them are are called flows, which are freshman leadership organizations and a lot of people um will typically like try to like apply to one of those and join one of those um and they typically find this out from fish camp which is basically like a four-day orientation camp where you learn about A&M tradition and there's counselors who are like current students there and so a lot of the times those counselors were involved in like flows. And so they encourage like the incoming freshmen to like apply. And so, yeah, I ended up doing a flow. Um, I wasn't particularly fond of my flow or didn't really have a good time in it, but um, I ended up applying as a fish camp counselor and
0: fish camp. I've heard a lot of things about fish camp. I personally didn't go yeah and it's like an interesting tradition right
1: yeah yeah um yeah so like I said before fish camp is just like a four-day orientation program where you learn about like um A&M traditions and they have like a bunch of activities and they basically kind of provide you with like a resource group through current students who go there who are the counselors and so they they assign you like DGs which are like um, discussion groups and those are led by like current students and so yeah um, it's basically like a resource group and then you learn more about AM. and um, but but yeah no it's a it's a really big tradition at AM and m and so I'd, I ended up applying as a counselor and got in once once you get into fish camp that's when you're that's when you're in the bubble like there's no going back <laughs> once you're in fish camp that's when you're in the bubble um,
0: don't you have to get like a piercing or don't you find your, like future wife through- <laughs> <laughs> some people do some people do it's not it's
1: not a requirement by no means, but um some people do i I was one of them I ended up getting like my ears pierced and my nose pierced and dyed my hair the color of my camp um and then some people, if they're lucky enough they ended up they end up finding their future wife like I've had a few friends who um found their significant other um through through fish camp i personally didn't but (laughs) some other people did (laughs) but yeah
0: so post fish camp like what did you decide to do i know that there was this this organization that i keep hearing about um centuries like what was that all about (laughs) centuries was cool centuries
1: uh uh centuries is a men's org at a&m it's Essentially, I'd say like a fraternity, except you don't have a house like frats have houses. Men's orgs don't have houses, but they do a lot of the same things. Like we host date parties and crush parties and we have tailgates. Um, we also do like service events. Um, we have our philanthropies where we raise money for various things. Um, ours was Camp Kesem. So we'd have a philanthropy called Watermelon Bash every year. Where we'd raise money to donate to Camp Kesem, and if you don't know what Camp Kesem is, it's a uh, this camp for kids who have family members or loved ones who are who have cancer, and so essentially it's a it's a support camp where they can go and meet other kids who are in similar situations to them, and kind of gives them a little time to just kind of like enjoy themselves and not have to worry about like. The situation that their family's going through because you know cancer having a family member go through cancer can be a can be a very tough thing
0: Hmm. yeah and i know from like some of our common mutual friends that we have like you found some of your best friends through that like how many yeah. people would you say you keep in contact with from college and just from that organization alone
1: yeah I mean Centuries was like a really big org like it was impossible to keep up with like everyone but I'd say like man like a good like 15 to 20 of those guys that I met through Centuries like I'm still keeping contact with like you you know one of our good friends Andy Andy Cerna. <laughs>
0: Andy Cerna. Yeah,
1: we'll need to get a. You'll oh, you'll need to get him on one of these.
0: Yeah, Andy Cerna. If you're listening to this, boy, I'm coming for you. You're <laughs> gonna be on this podcast, and I know you got. We got to collab on this digital no bad book too. And I also, bro, you gotta tell me about this time in Argentina too. Bro, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> okay, we we kind of off topic, but yeah, yeah, your boys you met through there.
1: Yeah, and so, yeah, like, he's just one of the few guys that I, like, got really close to, and so, um, like, yeah, I met some really great people, and, like, met some really good friends, and met some mentors through there, too, um, Like another one of our good friends, Sherat. I met him through centuries. Yeah, shout out to Sherat, bro. H-Town, hold it down. You know
0: what it is. Sherat, bro, if you're listening to this, bro, please hire me into your company, man. I'll do anything, bro.
1: Yeah, dude, let me work for Kit, too. I'll be an assistant director of operations. But yeah, no, Sherat, like, not only was he one of my really good friends, but he was kind of my mentor, too. He was the one who kind of introduced me to the consulting world and kind of navigated me, helped me navigate that, like, interview process and how to go about that. And so, yeah, he not only was a really good friend, but a mentor. And I met him through centuries, so was really thankful for that. Um, but yeah, no, uh... Centuries like introduced me to a lot of cool people. Um, by no means was it the perfect organization. Like every every organization has its flaws, and I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that here. But but I'm definitely thankful for that for that part for that part of my life.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like the college experience, you definitely you meet a lot of people, and then you finally find your home and. Um, a group of friends that you'll keep in touch with for the rest of your life and so you mentioned consulting the word consulting can mean a lot but it could also mean very little yeah and how would you describe consulting like what does that actually mean
1: um if anyone from my from my work is hearing this hey consulting's great i love my company it's (laughs) awesome um (laughs) no, but, um, but on a serious note, uh consulting is, yeah, like you said, it can mean a lot of different things um you and I particular,'re in management consulting, um which management consulting in itself can mean a lot of different things as well, um
0: <laughs> basically, you just gotta look busy all the time and then just say a bunch of words, and then there you go, yeah, that's what I feel like it is
1: it's honestly, it's honestly just i say 90% of the time I'm Googling stuff. <laughs> like, honestly, like I'm, I've been working on some implementation projects and I'm, I feel like a lot of the times I'm just like Googling how to do certain things for the client. And
0: you just a professional paid Google searcher right yeah. there. It's I mean, the dream it's, job. it's
1: fake it till you make it. And I feel like that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of how it is with any corporate job really. Mm-hmm. Um, consulting just sucks a little more because the hours can be can be whack dude they definitely whack bro very whack because it's very client-based and so that's that's the thing i think that's a big difference between working in industry versus in consulting like consulting is very client 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 based and so you're at the mercy of the client whereas when you're working in industry like i have friends who work in industry and they kind of have a pretty set like 9 to 5. They might have to work like a little extra like here and there, but it's it's kind of like a once in a blue moon type thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so you're in this consulting job now. But like were you looking at other industries or other fields whenever you were like in college looking for a job?
1: Yeah, I uh so I know I, I know how I mentioned earlier I like didn't one end I ended up not going to med school just cuz I didn't think it was the right thing for me but I was still really interested in in like the world of healthcare um and so I was looking into like jobs with like biotech companies um biopharmaceutical companies or even working for like um like a healthcare system like a hospital and like working as like a business analyst for them Um, so I did look into things like that, but the thing with healthcare is a lot of the times you, you need, you need prior experience before you can get in. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, I think if I do end up staying in the corporate realm, uh, I eventually want to work in industry within healthcare. Um, not exactly sure where in healthcare, but. I think, like, working for, like, a hospital system or even, like, maybe, like, an insurance company and seeing how, like, that side of things works um, would be cool. Um, Um, But, yeah.
0: Yeah. Consulting definitely is, like, a... I feel like it's a good place to start off as a generalist and just, like, really find your interests and then kind of branch out from there. But, like, with that said, like, for a job, you can be in, like any location you really want to be in so you picked austin texas to be your home post-grad did you always wanted to live in austin or like how did you figure out that's where you wanted to be yeah i think
1: i think i just always i just always thought like my first job out of like college was just gonna be in texas and so out of, like, all the cities, like, I was least familiar with Austin. Like, I lived in Dallas. I went to Houston a lot because I have family over there. And so I was, like, really familiar with those two metropolitan areas. And then um, didn't really have much interest in San Antonio. I don't think a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, sorry, Andy Serna. <laughs> no
1: yeah, no hate to San Antonio or anything. but But I think that's just the way it is. So, and then also, like, I think... Around the time when I was in college, like there was all this hype around Austin, like Silicon Valley companies like moving there, like relocating their headquarters or like um, you know um, building offices of, out there. And so there was all this hype around Austin. I was like, you know what? Like I think that's the place to be. Um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of kind of where I fell. That's kind of how I fell into you know being in Austin. But also it kind of, I kind of didn't have a choice as well because um, my company that I'm working with right now, they're headquartered out of Austin. And so their um, campus hire program starts out of Austin. So all their hires have to be located in Austin. So it kind of just, I guess, worked out in my favor on that when it came to that situation on where I wanted to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever been the Sixth Street?
1: Yeah, multiple times, multiple times. I think I I don't really go back to 6th Street that much anymore. Um, When I was like visiting Austin um, during my college college days when I was still in, uh, still not 21 yet, um, I'd find myself at 6th Street because that's the only place you could really get in or those were the only places you could really get in while being underage but now now i usually spend my time either on uh on e six um rainy um, Them rainy boys rest. hey rain dude rainy's rainy unfortunately i don't know how much longer she'll be there she'll be up
0: yeah rainy street if you listening to this podcast give us a sponsor would love to have an event out there and yeah we can bring the shouties too
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll do a bar
0: spend or something yeah yeah but yeah i'm i'm banished from sixth street every time i go to the ranch my heart gets broken so i was like you know what i'm out of the city so i left for good
1: dude do you uh, do you remember last year the ranch after um after your birthday
0: yo um, maybe you
1: don't remember but uh, do you like
0: man i think we had like a really deep conversation and then everything was like the lights were on and I was dapping some people up and then my friend, he like bought an entire section and I was like, what? But I don't remember what happened. I don't remember really
1: either. I just (laughs) remember being there and seeing you and we had like a table and it was a good time. Kareem was there too. Sherat was there too. Um,
0: All the boys were there, but you know what? Our future wife wasn't there. No, that's, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. (laughs) So, you um we we kind of talked about this and you're having these thoughts of is austin really the city for me and i think you mentioned you wanted to travel around a bit so coming back home to dallas a couple times like can you talk about that like in the kind of post-grad transition and like finding your place and like really finding out like what do you want to do like where do you want to be
1: Yeah, I think, um, I was really like when I moved to Austin, I was really excited about it and I don't know. I just, I think I just never really found my place there. And I think one thing that being in Austin kind of made me realize is that especially now being like a working adult, I don't want to be, I don't want to just be tied down to one, one place, one city, especially like in the work that we do, you know, cause like it can get so mundane. It can, it can be emotionally draining, you know, doing the stuff that we do. And so the one thing I kind of like realized was like, you know what? Like I have the freedom to work remote. So let me take advantage of that and, you know, do like travel while I work. And I think you and Andy <clears throat> were two kind of big inspirations on that. Um, Cause I know you just in August, you moved back home and I know you've been like traveling a lot more, um, and working while you travel, kind of doing the whole digital nomad thing. Um, and Andy's been doing that for almost like two years now, maybe a little over two years. And so I think that was a huge inspiration to me. And so my lease ends like here in the end of May. And so I'm planning on moving back home, but, um, I want to be, I want to travel, uh, like a lot while I'm back. Cause like, if I don't have to pay rent, it's going to free up a lot more, a lot, a lot more, um, more, a lot more income for me. And so hopefully, hopefully I can travel more and, you know, kind of work, work as I travel. Like that's, that's kind of like, that's the goal right now. Yeah.
0: And I highly recommend like the digital nomad experience, at least like once in your life. And, like, while you have the advantage to work remote, you never know when you'll be forced back into the office. I think it's just, like, you really find the purpose of living, just kind of being in, like, other places and really experiencing it. So I highly recommend it. I'll yeah. be releasing something about that later in the future. But, yeah, it's it's an awesome experience, just kind of working remote and being abroad.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's also, like... You're going to get the most out of it, too, when you do it while you're young. Um, I know, like, a lot of... Like, my parents were telling me, they are like, why don't you just, like, wait till you, like, save up more money and, like, have more, like, established career and then you can travel and do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't want to have to wait till I'm, like, in my 30s or even 40s to, like, enjoy myself because I think, like, we're at the... Oh, dude, look, it's a cat. (laughs) I think we're at the prime kind of prime stage in our life where we should be exploring and experiencing different cultures and you know just like really enjoying enjoying life right now while we can while we're still young yeah
0: definitely and so we're kind of like in a special period of time now so the holy month of Ramadan yeah
1: is Ramadan Mubarak to to all to all those who celebrate out there
0: <laughs> yeah so Ramadan is coming up. <clears throat> actually um it's tomorrow like or I guess tonight is like the first day so like for you like um it's been like uh something that you've been kind of you've been practicing but then kind of been in and out of it and being more intentional this year like what what are you kind of looking forward to getting out of like Ramadan or like what, what, what's kind of like your mindset about it? Like this year, I think this year, like, so I was telling,
1: I was telling you that last time I, I fasted was senior year of high school. So like almost six years ago, like when I got into college, I don't know. I just, Wasn't a priority to me. I was caught up with like, you know, other things, partying, whatever. Um, But right now, I think my biggest thing is just finding clarity in this time. Um, Letting go of some of those worldly aspects and just finding clarity and also finding like mental strength. Because I think more than being like a physical tool, like when you're fasting for, you know, 12 plus hours a day for a month. Um, it's gonna be, you know, physically exhausting, but I think it's more so like a mental challenge and being mentally strong and then also putting yourself in, like, another person's shoes as well. Like, there's people less fortunate who are actually, you know, going days without eating and or without water or whatever it might be. And so being able to experience that and put yourself in those shoes, I think is very eye-opening as well. Um but yeah, no, for me it's like more than just a spiritual journey, it's you know, personal journey, try to discover discover some things about me um that I didn't know and then also you know, um sacrificing those things that I really enjoy and like, you know, clearing my head.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's that's important. I think that's awesome that you're kind of taking this upon yourself. It Like you said, it's a personal journey. There's no really like one set way to do it and not just one outcome. So I think there's a lot of different things people can work on during the holy month. So I think it's awesome that you're kind of being more intentional about it and really finding out like what you want to do and what you want to get out of it. Um, But yeah, like kind of transitioning into like a a less serious topic. So, you know, like us as brown men in america um you know it seemed like as a prize for some reason for brown dudes to to lock up the white girls and um at a and M, I i felt like there was just a lot of what um that kind of people around there so you got any advice for our audience on how to lock down the white shouties dude it's a I think A&M is not an ideal place
1: for, for us brown men to try to find, find a white piece. Cause when it comes to A&M, um, it's very unique culture over there. A lot of times, the white girls they're looking for, your typical Texan country white boy, and so we're not gonna have as many opportunities. Um, in a, in a culture like that. And I mean, not to say like, there's anything wrong with that. Like everyone has their preferences and that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not, it's not the most, um, environment for, for us, for us Brown people. But, um, I've, uh, I found su- I found some success, you know, like in more metropolitan areas, big cities like Dallas, Houston, Austin, you know, like, um, the ladies over there, the white ladies over there are more likely to entertain us and are more open minded on that on that frontier. Um So yeah, uh, I, I I guess that's kinda my, my two cents on that. Like when it came to AM, dude, it was a struggle. Like not to say that I didn't. Like I had some I had some things, you know, with, with a few white ladies over there, but um, definitely definitely not a success not as much success as I thought I would get but it's kind of it kind of comes with the culture over there
0: <laughs> um but yeah yeah for for anyone in the audience if you know of anyone looking for their future husband you know who to hit up hit the line
1: yeah I'll say it again um instagram is raheen s moment dms are always open i'll be answering that like 24/7 so please don't be shy <laughs>
0: and So kind of like thinking about some like motivational things or like, I guess we're in the stage of our life, like in the mid 20s, where we're planning out our life, thinking about a lot of different things. Um, So for you, like Raheen, like in 10 years, like, what do you want to be known for? Wow.
1: (laughs) What do I want to be known for? Gosh, dude, you're asking me in ten years, man. I don't even know what I'm gonna eat before before the crack of dawn tomorrow. You asking <laughs> me, what do I want to be known for in ten years? Goodness. Um, honestly, I I can't really I can't answer that for you right now because I don't know. I I really don't know. I'm still. I'm still trying to navigate what I want to do as a career. If I want to stay in this corporate lifestyle, or if I want to like break free and do my own thing, but. I don't know there's these other decisions that i got to make before i before i determine what i want to be remembered for known for in 10 years yeah um honestly i mean i guess what i could say is like i hope i'm at least at least remembered by my friends as you know someone they could rely on and someone they know they can reach out to at any point in time um I don't know with time, especially when it comes to your friends, everyone starts their own life and everything, but I don't want to be that forgotten piece with my friends. Like I want to be someone who they like they can always count on. So I guess I want to be known as that guy who who can be counted on, who can be who'll pick up pick up the phone whenever, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I guess like when thinking about that, if you were to kind of rewind like 10 years ago what would you say like if 10 years ago you looked at you now what would be like the biggest thing that would jump out to that person so 13 year old me saw 23 year old me
1: hmm dude honestly i think I think he'd be he'd be hella surprised that I'm I'm not in med school, legit. Cause that's how that's how like gun ho and one track minded I was about like my career. Like I had made decision to go to med school like when I was like twelve years old, man. Like very early on, just cause like I said, I was like always surrounded by that, and so I think that's probably like the biggest thing. Um, that thirteen year old me would say. But I mean, aside from that, like I'd say he'd be surprised at like how much more open and vulnerable I am with people. Um, Cause like I said, remember I was always moving apartment to apartment, so I never really got close with people until like high school, like even in middle school, like I never really, I mean, I've made friends and had those friends, but those relationships didn't develop like that until high school. And so I think, yeah, 13 year old me would be like very, very amazed at how much emotional vulnerability I have now compared to what I did
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and kind of like the last question that I have um is it's more on the topic of like this word that's been going around these days riz so (laughs) so my question is if you could use one Riz technique for the rest of your life, what would that be? Like, like what do you mean by technique? Like a like a pickup line or like a Yeah, it can be a pickup line or it could be, you know, liking a story, a DM gotcha okay okay let me uh let me let me look through my hinge real quick <laughs> let me see
1: what i ha- i i actually had some uh some cool stuff cooking here dude honestly i like to be i like to use puns like be witty in that nature um so here i'm gonna i'm gonna give an example um to all the to all the listeners out there so on hinge Um, I came across this girl and she was pretty girl. And, you know, I kind of read through her profile and in her profile, she um, she said she mentioned how she likes olives and um, she talked about like how she she likes grape leaves. So olives and grape leaves and so That's such a unique combo yeah and this this she's she's also middle eastern and so i like that it makes sense like both of those are two olives and grapes are both like middle eastern um fruits is an olive a fruit i think
0: or something i don't know whatever Dude, it has a seed so it's a fruit right yeah it's a fruit i don't know can someone comment this on whatever platform i'm going to be posting it on is olive a fruit or i don't know what the other thing, vegetable yeah vegetable or reptile or maybe a
1: squash or i don't know a reptile (laughs) (laughs) said a reptile but yeah and so um i uh i commented on one of her pictures and i said i see that you like grape leaves and olives but i was like do you like dates
0: (laughs) whoa dang that was
1: yeah because dates are also like middle east you know um it's a fruit, too. I think dates are a fruit. Well, yeah, someone comment, make sure a date's a fruit. Um, but, yeah, and so I said, do you like dates? And she goes, I love dates. And I said, then let me take you on one. Wow. And so I think, yeah, like, just being witty and, like, using puns like that, like trying to trying to take what a girl said and be playful and funny about it, that's, that's probably my riz technique. Wow. Yeah
0: that's awesome i'm put i'm writing this down as we speak like actually and, well, i mean
1: <laughs> even though that's that's my best way I'm, it doesn't always work like after i said that she didn't give me any response back oh. i was fully fully expecting her to be like yeah when do you want to go out but now i'm i'm still waiting for that for that <laughs> response
0: uh well looking forward to the wedding when that happens oh dude i hope so
1: <laughs> i hope so hey carla carla if you're listening out there it's your boy Raheen. um <laughs> you know just just maybe check back on those hinge messages i know sometimes you know life can get busy but give your boy a reply you know i'm trying out here give me some love <laughs>
0: <laughs> well well thanks Raheen for getting on the podcast i appreciate you coming over and recording this with me and so i remember meeting you around like 2 years ago and i really appreciate your openness and your kindness towards others and it's always like a good time being with you you're always very cheerful very enthusiastic and always just like ready to go get after it and so with that said i wanted to depart with your with your motto what's the motto heard heard
1: yeah heard (laughs) yeah shout out kareem shout out to
0: kareem but yeah yeah thanks for thanks for coming along
1: yeah no dude thanks for having me man um i know i met you like on the latter parts of my days at a&m but you've grown to become one of my one of my good friends so always a pleasure and i'm i'm glad i got to be a part of this podcast yeah all right
0: that's a wrap